This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Okay, Luke chapter 4. Go there in your Bible. We'll see you guys here in a little bit. Is that all right? By the way, this guy right here on the bass guitar got engaged over Christmas break. So Santa is real. Okay, so Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter number 4, verse number 42. Let's start the new year with a new series called King and Kingdom. King and Kingdom. We believe at Zoe that every kingdom has a king. And in this kingdom, our king has a name. His name is Jesus. We believe that he's the king of all the kings. He's the Lord of all the lords. And here at Zoe, what we're passionate about is not just this church, but the church. We're not a part of a little small kingdom. We're a part of the big kingdom, the kingdom of God. I want to talk for a few weeks as we enter in to this new year about having the king of glory, the king of of all the earth come into our lives and, and aid us and help us and lead us. Let me read here together in Luke chapter 4, verse 42. It says, Now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. I love this. They're trying to keep Jesus all to themselves. They're trying to keep Jesus in their town. And what did Jesus say? He said, no, I've got to go from city to city, and I've got to declare the kingdom of God. I love Jesus. When Jesus came, he only had one message. In fact, he came, and the first time he preached, and every time he preached, he preached one thought, and that was the kingdom of God. In fact, when he showed up, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Literally, I'm here. I am the kingdom. I'm here to usher in a new world order, a new regime. In other words, there's a new sheriff in town. I'm here to declare the kingdom of God is here, and it's here on this earth. And I love this, even when Jesus taught us to pray. How did he teach us how to pray? He said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth, even as it is in heaven. So in other words, what Jesus is saying is we want to establish the kingdom of God here on earth. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to see what kingdom's like. Jesus came and said the kingdom of God can be established in our lives, in our homes, in our cities. Come on, anybody thankful today? Come on, that you and I are part of a kingdom that's being established here on earth. Oh, come on, you can get louder than that. Come on, Zoe. Come on, anybody thankful today? We're a part of a kingdom that's being infiltrated here. I want to preach in this first week, in this collection of, of talks, I want to talk about entry point, how to enter the kingdom of God. One of the messages that Jesus often talked about was entering the kingdom of God. I want to teach today about how to enter God's kingdom. Let's pray together and believe that God will come and speak to us. Come on, let's all bow our heads. Jesus, we acknowledge you today. We thank you that you are who you say you are. 
and you can do what you said you would do. We ask in these moments, open up our eyes so we can see you. Open up our ears so we can hear you. We love you. We live for you. We thank you that you are good and you've gone before us. Crown this year with your goodness. And God, we're thanking you that you show us a good baby name for baby number four. In Jesus' name, come on, get some faith for us. And everybody say together. Come on, let's put our hands together one more time. Come on. Amen and amen. Now, I don't know if this ever happened to you. Have you ever gone to like your house or your apartment and you go to your door and you get locked out of your house? Have you ever been locked out of your house? This is the worst. This happens to me all the time. I have two sets of keys. I have one set of keys that has a key to my house. I have another set of keys that doesn't have. So I'm always grabbing the wrong one. I get to my house. I go and I'm like, Oh, no. So I knock on my windows. I go check the house. I call. You ever just call frantically everybody that you know that has a key to your home? And I can't. It's the worst when you you can't get in somewhere. Or you ever go to like an establishment? You ever go to a place, a restaurant or something like that, and you can't get in? Like whether you, you don't know anybody or you're not cool enough to get in. Am I preaching to anybody? You, know, you, you can't get in. Yeah. When, when I released my first book, when I released um, Unreasonable Hope, there's a guy in our church that comes to church here, and he runs an establishment that, that really does well at night. He re, is an establishment. It's a club, okay? Let's just be honest. He runs a club, okay? So when I released my first book, he, we had this little you know, get-together for the book, and he said, you got to come to my establishment tonight. I've got a, I got a special treat for you. you got to come. Now, I'm a pastor. I don't really club, okay? So your boy's not in the club. So I'm like, I don't know what, to, but he, but I trusted him. It was not going to be crazy. He's like, you, no, it's, it's really good. You got to come. So I grabbed a brother in the church. You know what I'm saying? I grabbed a, a, a friend of God and, um, and cause God sends us two by two accountability. Amen. Somebody. So, so I grabbed a friend and we, uh, you know, we, we, we show up now when I show up and I walk, you know, and there's all the big humans, you know, security, security, all the big guys are standing out front. I just walk up like, uh, hey, um, can I get in? <laughs> they were like, no, you cannot get in. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so, so I'm like, well, I know so-and-so. So I dropped the name. They're like, oh, so-and-so. Yeah, we'll be right back. So they went inside, and a few minutes later, they came out with my friend. And my friend's like, oh, it's my pastor. Come on, move the ropes. It's my, it's my. I was like, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> How you like me now? <laughs> so, so I, I walk, I walk in, and I'm just like, I'm looking around, like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> this is, this is, we're a long way from Seattle. <laughs> so, so I walk in, I get in, and he's in an area of this whole thing, and and he's like, he's like, yo, check this is the surprise. And so, so I'll be right back. So he, I watch him. He goes over to the DJ, and he talks to the DJ in his ear. About a minute later, he comes by, back by me, and we stand there, and the DJ kind of puts the music kind of quiet. He's like, yo, yo, shout out to Pastor Chad Veach in the building. Just released the book Unreasonable Hope. Burr, burr, burr. And I was simultaneously, that was like the coolest and worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I was like, oh my gosh, this, this just made history. Oh my gosh, everybody knows Pastor Chad's in the club. This is not good. <laughs> Welcome to LA. <laughs> but I, I, I want to talk today around the idea and the thought of entering into the kingdom of God. 
Now you have to understand this about our kingdom. In the Bible, the 19 kings of Judah and the 19 kings of Israel have all had to cast down their crowns. They don't exist anymore. But in this kingdom, we believe that Jesus, he doesn't just reign now, but he'll reign forever. Anybody thankful today? Come on, that Jesus, he's not just the king of heaven, but he's the king of this earth, and his rulership will know no end. I want to give you a few things to write down today. Write down point number one. We worship King Jesus. We worship. We extol. We bless. We bow down. We, we love. We're obsessed with our king. Our king is the greatest king that has ever been. Oh, I love this. Did you know that, that before Jesus ever showed up, all these prophets were prophesying about Jesus being the king? And then when Jesus showed up, he declared the kingdom of God is here. And then even after Jesus was, he still is, but even in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it's still talking about the king of all the kings. Watch here. I want to show you three verses here. Watch here in the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse number 14. Watch what it says. It says in Revelation 7, 14, And the Lamb will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Watch what Micah said before Jesus ever showed up. The prophet Micah said, For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place. Where is he coming out of? He's leaving heaven to come down here. For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place. He will come down and tread on the high places of the earth. The mountains will melt under him, and the valleys will split like wax before the fire, like waters poured down a steep place. Micah's saying, Jesus is coming. The king is coming. Watch what Isaiah said. He said, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recumbence of God. He will come and he will save you. I'm grateful today. Though he's the king of heaven, he came down to this earth. Though he was rich, he did became poor. Though he was deity, he became humanity. And he came to die for the sins of the world. We worship King Jesus. Come on, anybody believe today that he's the Lord of lords and he is the king of kings? I just, I just love this about our king. We're obsessed with him. If you come to Zoe Church or you watch on the YouTube channel, every week we're going to sing about Jesus. Every week we're going to preach about Jesus. We believe that he's the main thing. Come on, he's the main character. He's the antidote. He's the savior. He's the Messiah. He wasn't just a prophet. He's the son of God. The Bible says the stone that the builders rejected for us has become the chief cornerstone. We're building our families on it. We're building our businesses on it. We're building this church on it. Come on, is there anybody here today that's come to lift up and exalt and worship King Jesus. Let me, just, let me just tell you, it's hard for us in America to understand what a king is because in America, someone has four years, eight years. We vote somebody in. We, we, we vote somebody out. Let me just show you on the screens here. Watch what a king is. Watch the difference. A king is never voted into power. His power is inherited from birth. A king is king by birthright. His kingship is not conferred by men. We do not make him king. All we can do is acknowledge that he's king. A king cannot be voted out of power. He was king before the world began, and he will still be king after it has passed away. A king's authority is absolute. When the king speaks, he speaks with absolute authority. A king's word is law. No one can countermand his orders, negate his pronouncements, set aside his decrees, or amend his statutes. 
A king personally owns everything in his domain. A kingdom is the only form of government where the ruler owns everything and everyone. King's decree is, decree is unchanging. A king chooses who will be a citizen. The people do not vote. I love this. The people do not vote for the king, but in essence, he votes for them. A king embodies the government of his kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is here because the king of heaven is in the hearts and the lives of his citizens. Somebody say amen. A king's presence is the presence of his authority. When the king shows up, anybody believe Jesus has showed up today? When the king shows up, his full authority is present. Kingdom citizens may always exercise kingly authority because the king is always present with them. A king's wealth is measured by his property. The king of heaven owns everything, everywhere, in both the natural and the supernatural. I love that part. The king's prosperity is measured by the statutes of his citizens. A citizen of the kingdom of heaven automatically prospers because the king of heaven is the wealthiest of all. In other words, when you are in this kingdom, it is a poor reflection of our king if you are malnourished, starving, and barely making it by. But because he has all the wealth, we reflect his power, his authority, and his wealth. Somebody say amen. In other words, it looks good on him when you do well. You're a reflection of the king. Let me just finish with a couple more. A king's name is the essence of his authority. Jesus the king has delegated his authority to his citizens. He promised to do anything that they asked in his name. A king's citizenry. Don't you judge me. Represents his glory. Kingdom citizens are to reflect the character of their king who is righteous, just, benevolent, compassion, and full of glory. Oh, I'm just telling you here today, we are here to worship the king of glory, the king of all the kings. Come on, can you see him in his authority? Can you see that he has the dominion? Can you see he's worthy of the praise? Come on, put your hands together today. If you're grateful today, we're not here to worship church. We're not here to worship man. Come on, we're here to praise and lift up and say, we're obsessed with the king. So, so number one, we have a king, and how do we enter into his kingdom? What, okay, if, if he's, the kingdom is so great and the king is so awesome, how do I get in? Do I need to drop a name? No, it's only through faith in that name that you get in. In fact, would you write down point number two? Enter with faith. Enter into this kingdom with faith. What is faith? Faith is trust. It is belief. It is confidence. I enter into this kingdom not off merit. Not off works, not off do-goodisms, not off what I do. I only get in because I believe in Jesus. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you're in. You are in this kingdom. And once you get in this kingdom, I'm telling you, you'll never be the same. Now, it's amazing. In, in the Bible, there's a story about a man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, uh, he, he knew a lot about the Bible. He knew a lot of scripture. He knew what the law, what, what Micah and Isaiah and all the prophets and, 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 and all the old. He knew all the old. But when Jesus showed up, remember, Jesus, he confused people because they were looking for a king to be a certain way. They were looking for, they, they wanted a king with obstacles. You know, they wanted a king six foot four Jesus. Okay? So Jesus didn't look the way that they, that, that they wanted him to look. So Nicodemus is listening to Jesus, but he's like, I don't know, man. We, I've been studying a long time, and you're saying stuff that's like the Messiah. You sound, I can, but I can't quite follow you. There's a difference between having faith just believing in him and faith to follow him. 
He's like, I kind of, be- I'm hearing you, but I'm not quite. Watch what Jesus says here in John 3 to Nicodemus. I love this scriptures. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I love what Jesus is saying. Jesus is talking about being born again believers. When you enter into faith in Jesus and enter into this kingdom, I want to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says all things pass away and all things become new. You become in Christ a new creation. Your old disposition changes. You used to obey the lust of the flesh. You went wherever you wanted to go. You spent whatever you wanted to spend. You said whatever you wanted to say. But I'm telling you, when you said yes to Jesus and entered into this kingdom, you were born of a new spirit and new water and your disposition changes now you want to obey the lusts and the desires of the spirit of God you want to pray you want to get into the word of God you want to be in the house of the Lord you want to serve Jesus come on am I preaching to anybody today come on you've experienced what it means to have faith in God come on you're not who you used to be you've been born again I'm a born again believer why because everything changed when I said yes to Jesus I'm not who I used to be by the grace and the power of God. That's called a moment of salvation. How do you know you're saved? Because when you get saved, everything changes. I used to be a jerk. I used to be this, that, and the other. I used to go do this, that, and the other. But now I'm telling you, your family won't recognize you. Your, 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 your co-workers won't recognize you because God will do a work on the inside. Somebody give God praise today. If you Come on, you got faith today that you can be born again. So I enter in by by faith in Jesus. I'm a born-again believer. And there's another thing that Jesus said. The way that we get in is like faith. Well, we got to have faith like children do. Watch what he says here in Mark chapter 10. And these are Jesus' words. He said, Surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying we have to have faith like children, the simplicity of a child that trusts their father, the simplicity of just saying yes to his love and his grace. One of the things I love about God is God never calls you to be a grandfather in this kingdom. He only requires you to be a child in this kingdom. We live from the beginning of the day we got saved until the day we go into the king of glory, that we actually are just children of God. I want to encourage you this year in 2018, live as a son, or son, as a daughter of Jesus Christ. Just follow him and have that childlike faith, that simplicity of trust, of knowing that God is for me. God is working things out. Come on, anybody have faith today that we can enter in, be born again. We can enter in as little children before the Lord. So number one, there's, there's a king. His name is Jesus. The, the, the prophets were talking about him. Jesus came and declared, I, I, the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm here. Even after him, Revelation, we're still here. The king of kings, there'll be, no, there'll be no end to his rulership. So there is a king, and he has a kingdom. And the kingdom is not just like out there, like in, up in heaven. We can't wait to see it. No, Jesus is like, pray the, 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 this kingdom is established on earth. Well, how in the world does the kingdom of God become established on this earth, like in this city, L.A., the kingdom of God established in this city. 
The only way that will happen, write down number three, is if we are kingdom people living by kingdom principles and actually living for kingdom culture. That I actually identify my life. I'm, I'm in the kingdom. I'm a citizen. Like I'm a citizen not of this, of this earth. I'm a citizen of a greater place. And I believe that God is so good and so powerful, he actually can use my life to infiltrate the kingdom culture here on earth. No, I love this. Please hear me. When you become a kingdom person living by kingdom principles, pushing forward the kingdom culture, you're not living by fads and trends and what society says. You're not living by what media says. You're not living by all these other outside influences. You're actually just saying, no, I know who my king is. I know what he said, and I'm pushing that culture, and I'm living by his principles. Come on, everybody, thankful today that we don't have to live by every whim of society. We don't have to try and find out what we should believe now. No, we can trust in God and believe in God because truth is is truth forever so we live now by principles i love principles because principles are foundational truths so we're actually building our life on the foundations of what god has said you will live a life that is rocky that will always be feel like you're falling down if, if, if you don't obey what god's truths and god's principles are so we live now by, by God's principles. Let me give you five principles to, to live this year, 2018 with. Five principles, and you write them down because this is very important. Number one, here's the number one principle, is that we live by the principle of first fruits. I love this principle because I believe with all my heart, God is not worthy of my leftovers. God is worthy of my first. So I don't bring, like, what I have left to God. I bring my best to God. I bring the first of my fruits. Why are we fasting in January and not July? We're fasting in January and not July because the 4th of July happens and we all want to eat. But we're fasting in January. Why? Because it's the first of the year. It's the best of the year. It has the most energy. It's the restart. So I'm giving the first of my year to God. I'm saying, God, I'm seeking you in January to find out what you have for my life. I want to encourage you to be a first fruits person. Live by that principle of first fruits. You should do it with your finances. You know, at our church, we do not teach that if you don't tithe, you're cursed. I do not believe that. I believe that Jesus has taken all the curse away. Somebody say amen. But I do believe that if you do tithe and give your first to God, then you are blessed. And I'd rather be blessed. Come on. So I give the first of my, first of my energy, the first of my day, the first of my fruits, the first of my talent. I give the first and the best to God. Why? Because he's king. And no king is worthy of something that's left over. No, a king is worthy of my very best. So I live by the principle of first fruits. Here's another principle. Write this down. We live by the principle of God's word. Oh, I love this one. Go, go to Psalm 19, verse 7. Psalm 19, verse 7. Listen to these, these words here, this scripture. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Oh, just, let me just teach you about the Bible for a moment. Making wise the simple. I don't know about you, but when I went to high school, I was believing God for a 2.9 GPA. I'll just have faith for it. 2.9. Amen. When I took my SATs, I got the scores. I threw away the score. Amen. 
But when you get into God's word, it will make the simple-minded clever. It will make you wise when you get into God's word. Anybody here, you want to be successful in your life? Raise your hand. You want to be very successful. Watch what the Bible says in Joshua. It says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it both day and night, that you may be careful to observe it, and then you will be prosperous, and then you will have good success. How about Hebrews chapter 4? It said, the word of the Lord is alive and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the bone and the marrow, separates the soul and the spirit. It exposes us for who we really are. What about Psalm 119 verse 11? Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Come on, how about Psalm 119 verse 9? How can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to your word. There's something about the authority of God's word. The grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord will last forever. Do I have anybody this morning that believes in the infallibility, incorruptibility, power of the word of God? I'm not building my life off what so-and-so says. I'm building my life on what God says. And so I live by the principle of God's word. I don't have to find out what I believe about this, that, and the other. I know what, if you want to be a good husband, if you want to be a good father, if you want to be a great leader, get in God's word this year. Just to put it in front of your eyes. Just listen to it when you drive in the car because God will teach you. He'll train you. In fact, the Bible says all scripture is God-breathed in the, in the Greek. It means theonousis. All scripture is breathed from heaven and it is useful. Yes, it is. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so the man or the woman of God may be fully equipped to do every good work. Come on, somebody give God praise today if you believe in the power and the authority of God's word. So in this kingdom, I live, I live by principles. I live by principles. What does God say? So principle of first fruits, principle of God's word. Write down number three. We live by the principle of, what's number three? The finished work of the cross. We live by the principle of the finished work of the cross. So because of the finished work of the cross, I don't have to work so hard, try and get in good with God, try and earn favor. You don't have to go get favor. You have favor. There's favor all over your life. So I have grace. You know, the Bible says he crowns the year with his goodness. God will crown your year with good things. So the finished work, when Jesus was on the cross, what did he echo into eternity? He said, it is finished. All of the striving and the earning and trying to get in good with God for forgiveness, for blessing. All of it is done. All I do is say yes to Jesus, and I receive joy. I receive peace. I receive mercy. Anybody thankful today? Come on for the principle of the finished work of the cross. Oh, I love that. Finished work of the cross. Write down the fourth principle. I love these principles because we're going to build our lives on them. Number four is God's plan over our plan. So I just believe that God has a better plan than I could ever come up with. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. It says, many plans does a man have in his own heart, but the Lord directs his steps. So I'll tell you, 2018, I don't know about you, January 1st, I woke up, new year, new you, let's go. And I sat down with my moleskin and a pen, and I start writing all this stuff, and I start putting goals, hashtag goals, hashtag couple goals, hashtag new business goals, hashtag goals, goals. And so I start writing all my goals. Listen, I'm all for goals. Listen, I'm all for goals, but goals don't have me, God has me. So this is the principle. God's plan is better than my plan. 
Many plans do I have, but God will direct my steps. Another way, another scripture that says this, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Almost like when you go sit at a restaurant, you order this, that, and the other. God is ordering your steps this year. He's ordering where you should go. He's ordering new relationships. What is God ordering you to do? Listen. That's what the fasting and the prayer is for. And so we just listen. God, what are, you, what are your, your orders for my life? What do you want me to do? Your plan's better than my plan. I've made up my plan the best as I can, but I submit it to you, King. What do you want me to do, King? It's all about you, King. I just want to please you, King. Amen? And here's the last one, number five, principles that we're living by. Come on, make some noise for the worship team. They're back on stage principle of serving and building the church. I want you to stand to your feet after you write down. Principle of serving and building the church. We're serving and we're building God's house. We just make it a principle. You know I love? That if you put a priority on God's house, it'll bring a blessing to your house. So I just put a priority. Just saying, I'm going to build God's house this next year. I'm not going to build my brand. Everybody wants to build their brand. What about, what about your brand? No, no, build God's church. God will build your brand. It's a principle. You know what Jesus said? Jesus, this is so powerful. Listen very closely. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I will build my church. Another way you could say that is I will build my kingdom. And how is God going to build his kingdom? Through ordinary people like me and you. People just going like, God, if you're into building your kingdom, would you use me? Because I just can't believe I encountered this king. and that Who is this king of glory that would love me and know my name? How did I get to be friends with the king? And so God just... You won me over, so whatever you want, whatever you want me to do, I'll just, I'll serve you, and I'll love you, and I'll give you my first, and I'll obey what you say, and I'm just all about you, King. What do you, how can I serve you, and love you, and follow you, and if you want to build your church, then just, would you use my life? I know I've gone through some things, and done some things, and I know I got a story, but I just want to tell you that I live for your renown. I live to lift up the King of Jesus. I lift, I lift up your name. Look at this last verse here in Revelation. I love this scripture so much. This is the last verse we're going to read of the day. It says, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever and ever and ever. Come on, somebody praise the Lord today. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our God. Come on, anybody down to live as a kingdom person by kingdom principles, pushing forward kingdom culture. Come on, let's pray today. Jesus, we thank you. You are so amazing. You are so awesome. We, we declare that you are who you say you are. We believe that you are the king of all the kings. You're the Lord of all the lords. We confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart in who you are. We love you today. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.